Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of One Click Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey everybody, welcome back to B2B Made Simple. Joining me for what we're calling the reunion tour, I have DJ Haskins back on the podcast. He is the head of marketing at Engageware. And uh, DJ, welcome to the show, man. This is going to be yeah. fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, Sam. Welcome. It's good to see you again. I know we've kept in touch over the uh, last eight months or so, but uh, it's always good to see you. Yeah, absolutely. So DJ was on episode 134. Um, again, I keep saying that I need to do this. Uh make a note of like what that episode was about. And I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, if you're listening to this, you want to go check it out. Definitely go listen to that. It was a really good talk about something. I do remember that. Well, we talked about, yeah, (laughs) we talked about uh, what what we learned as we merged, as we merged companies together. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you guys are kind of, what has it been a year now? Yeah. So it's been exactly one year. We merged uh, last early January. And with that, yeah. yeah. With that comes a lot of uh, marketing um, changes, I'm sure. Uh, so we'll, we'll walk through that here in a bit. But I wanted to open this up. I can't remember what I asked you the first time, but we'll try and see if we can do, dodge with a different question here. If you had to choose between going on vacation to a beach or going on vacation to the mountains, what do you think you would choose? All right. So if you're asking me as, a, as like DJ, I would say probably the mountains like to go hiking and stuff, but as a uh, devoted husband and father beach, that's where we, uh, that's where we go. We go to Fort Myers beach at least once a year. Um, usually in, in April, my wife and I last year took a little uh, four day kind of just get away. No kids. We really like Fort Myers beach. Um, so I would say beach, but had you asked me pre-marriage or had you asked me like my dream is not my dream. I mean, I could do it. I just never make the time would be to take my dogs, rent a cabin in the middle of the woods for like a three day, like just no tech, no nothing, just kind of Zen moment, hike with the dogs, relax, chill. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Any place that you'd want to go do that is like out West or you have some mountain ranges you want to do it around here. Yeah. No. So we, I'm in New Hampshire. So Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which is about an hour North of Boston and mm-hmm. about an hour South of Portland, Maine. So kind of right in the middle. And we have a ton of, I mean, there's in New Hampshire, there's the, there's the 48, 4,000 peaks. Um, so there's that's which is a big thing, which my youngest daughter and I, when maybe this is the year we start, she'll be nine. We're going to try to tackle those. Our goal is to do those all before she graduates either high school or college. We'll see how much progress we make, but yeah, well, there you so, go, man. Yeah, right in your I don't backyard. Need to go far. I don't need to go far for that. <laughs> Make some time for it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Um, so, like you mentioned, we talked about your merger, and now it's starting to come back to me. It was like, hey, how do you actually approach this? Because you're joining two marketing teams, essentially. You have a lot to, to go mm-hmm. through. So, that was episode 134. Um, but today, it's how to tackle marketing after a merger right? Um, And you guys had three areas that you needed to refocus during that time. Uh, The first one was you had to market the new brand Mm -hmm. and your positioning. Um, You had to market your problem and then you had to market your product. Um, So if you're good with it, you want to just dive in and we'll just go through those three and you can just kind of walk through like 
what that was like, some things that stuck out to you and just walk us through that process. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we, so a year ago, so PE bought both two companies, merged us together. Um, so we needed a new brand, right. Um, and we needed a new story of like, what was this merger? You know, both companies had been around, we sell into financial services. So pretty niche market. Um, both companies had been around for 15 to 20 years. So it had good brand equity, um, had, you know, had good product market fit. We had, you know, over, we have over 400, um, banks and credit unions of the total available market of, for our size, 4,583, depending on the day. So we have about 10% market share, right? But when you launch a new, when you launch a new, you needed a new name. So we came up with a new name in Gageware, which we launched at the end of July. Um, and then we also needed to kind of tell that, that story of like one and one equals three, right? Like, why did this, why did this merger happen? And what benefit does it have to the marketplace? And then our three, you know, different products, how do they kind of tie together? Um, so, you know, preparing for our sales kickoff, you know, kind of coming up with analogies and all that stuff, which will be next week is like, you know, I looked at 2021 is really the, the foundational year, right? We, we built the foundation and as a Patriots you know, fan, that'll be in a new one. The analogy I use, or I'm going to use, is that idea of like it was the 2000 Patriots, right? Meaning that Belichick comes in, they go five and eleven. But kind of behind the scenes, they're really setting a good foundation. And then the next year, we all know what happens. And not to compare ourselves to, to Brady and Belichick, but like that analogy, right? They they laid the foundation, and now they executed, right? And they had tremendous success. And I like to think we had a better year than five and eleven last year. Right? We still hit, you know, we still hit our our revenue targets, but now we can really execute and, be, and do that more efficiently. And kind of what I was, you know, been thinking a lot about in quarter four and heading into this year is how do you market a new a new brand, mm-hmm. right? A new quote unquote. We're not. I say new category. I'm not. We're not trying to create a category, but how do we get outside of being known as a point solution, right? Either appointment scheduling or or knowledge management, and really into kind of a bigger, broader, you know, customer engagement. You know, how do we fit in there, you know, and how do we tell that story through our products, our expertise, and then our, our partners? And then starting to market down to the problems. How could, you know, if a, if a bank or credit union needs to grow loan growth, how could, how could we collectively help with that? If they have employee experience issues, how could we help with that, right? And then how do we connect the dots between we're looking to grow loan growth, which is, a, you know, essentially revenue for banks or credit unions, um, tie it back to what we could help with. And then on the third level is how do we start to market? you know, really do good product marketing for our three products. And, and two of the three products, um, it's a little bit of a challenge because the, the symptoms that, you know, one of them is commodity, easy, right? You need appointment scheduling, banking by appointment, there's multiple choices, why would you choose us? The other two though, it's they, these, the, the symptoms that they're feeling, um, they don't necessarily connect the dots that like this problem could solve this solution. So how do we start to do more problem marketing at, at the, at the, higher level, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like the loan growth and the customer experience, and then down to, you know, at the, at the very specific pain point level to connect the dots to make people say like, wow, I never even, I never even realized that like this symptom is related to this problem. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of where, where my head has been at and what you and I talked about, which I like the idea of is like, instead of, you know, like, I don't have all the answers, right. I, I, I yeah. can share what, what I'm thinking, but what I'd love to do is kind of bounce that idea off of you and, and kind of highlight, like, I know, you know, 
you had Chris Walker on from Refine Labs, which I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of. And I love the idea of, you know, less quality, you know, less quantity of beads, higher quality. You know, how do we get more people coming to us because they've consumed enough to say like, I need that, right? And maybe maybe the, the number of leads drops, but all of a sudden you're seeing conversion rates go way up in terms mm -hmm. of meeting set, turns into, you know, opportunity in terms of close one faster, right? Higher ACV. Um, so yeah, that's what's on my mind on this uh, wonderful <laughs> Friday morning. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, let's dive into kind of how you tackled your positioning and then I'll, we're actually going through that right now. Um, mm. I'm curious to hear, did you guys go through like something like April Dunford's obviously awesome book and just work through a process? Was it, you kind of had it, uh, laid out ahead of time or was it like completely from scratch? What did that look like for you guys? Um, so we really came up with, you know, the name and gauge where, um, we really liked it. And part of the, the challenges is that we didn't want to feel like a fintech startup, mm -hmm. right? We didn't want to come out and be, uh, you know, just to share some of the names that we're seeing in our industry, a Glia or a Pop.io, like, which feels new and cutting edge, right? We're not that. We've been around for 20 years and part of our value is that expertise. So we wanted a name that kind of felt um, old, you know, or, or not old, but like felt um, like it had some heritage. Mm -hmm. Randomly, there were, that name had never been used. The domain was available, um, even though it feels like a, a, two, a 20, you know, a, a uh, you know, a dot-com type name or something that you might've seen from 2000. And then the, the idea of customer engagement was, you know, as we dove deeper into it and really defining, you know, customer experience is really about a point in time, you know, a memory of that where customer engagement is a holistic approach, looking at all the different touch points. So we kind of started there um, and then worked with the CEO of sales. We actually had a, a consultant, um, a brand consultant that kind of worked us, walked us through that. I'm a big fan of, you know, the April Dunford, mm -hmm. that book and, and some of that. And then Andy Raskin, you know, how, how do you create a real brand narrative? Um, I would say that we're not 100% done with that yet. Mm -hmm. We're still kind of testing that out. And that's not, you know, there's just a lot of cooks in the kitchen, you know, internally. But I think we, we're starting to come up with a, a good narrative around that. So I would have loved to have hired an Andy Raskin or, or one of those <laughs> people to walk us through that. I just don't think we were ready for that. I mean, with yeah. Yeah, it gave so you the much. resources though. That's the thing is it's, it's cool with the brands that they've built as like, Hey, here is how you can do it on your own. And you don't necessarily have to go bring them in. They give you the, you know, the step-by-step -step process. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How to execute. Well, and, and, and I, we used kind of that, the greatest sales deck, you know, mm -hmm. his, his kind of his blueprint as we built out like our, our sales, you know, narrative, which we then obviously turned into messaging, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, it's, 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 it's a work in process. Um, it's not exactly where we want it to be, um, where I, where I want it to be. I think it can be a little bit sharper, but, but we're working on that. The thing um, with it is real quick with positioning. One thing I've noticed and heard, right. Is that it is something that is never 100% done and it shouldn't be. I mean, right. yes, you might be, you know, leave it aside, put it aside for a couple of months, but like you go back and you're like, you know what, maybe we could, uh, refine this a little bit more. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, we're not yeah. quite done because you're never quite done. Well, no. And, and even some of the, the brands that we all follow and admire, whether it's Kong or Drift, I mean, mm -hmm. it's an evolution, right? They've, they've all kind of, kind of grown with, uh, A, what's happening in the market and B, what's happening with their products, what's happening with their vision. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, a, a stressful time. You, you know, I mean, you think about like what goes into a rebrand I mean, 
over 500 documents that needed to be updated, mm-hmm. you know, trying to change the whole internal culture of uh, nomenclature. We're not silver god anymore. We're not time trade anymore, right? We're engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of that. And then being remote kind of added a whole other element where, you know, people just kind of get stuck in their day to day and don't see the bigger picture. And then even when you do share the bigger picture, you know, it's, you have to tell them again and again and again and, and again and again. Um, but yeah, no, it's, that was, yeah, the positioning piece is the piece that I, you know, I, I really enjoy um, the, the whole rebrand piece. Um, I don't ever want to do that again, or at least for a couple of years. I guess it's kind of like having a kid, right? You, you kind of wait a couple of years because you forget. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this looks like fun. And then you remember. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so with the positioning, did you guys go, <clears throat> I know you guys marketed the problem and then your product. Did you position, you said you positioned the brand. Did you go and do your positioning exercise or whatever uh, you want to call it on each of your products? Or was this totally like a zoomed out look of, you know, engage where, and that's where you did your positioning. Yeah. So we did a ton of interviews with, um, with customers, with prospects, with, um, employees. Um, we did a thought, you know, with thought leaders in the industry, you know, like a gardener or a forester doesn't necessarily cover our, you know, specifically, you know, in terms of like what we were trying to do. Um, so we did a lot. There's, there's definitely a lot of banking influencers though, that we, that we spoke to. Um, and I, you know, the, the challenge with the customers is they knew us for this, right? They knew us as silver platter time trade. And they, you know, so we were able to kind of pull in pieces of, um, of that. And then there's, there's definitely some, some forward thinking bankers that we were able to, to really talk to, mm-hmm. um, to understand kind of where, the, you know, what's the vision and where, how are they trying to get there? Um, so we did a, a lot of that. And then at the, at the, so there was a little bit of, we knew we had product market fit, right? But it's at the point solution perspective, right? And a lot of times it's, you know, it's, I think the thing we struggle with is it's like that Henry Ford analogy. If I asked them what they want, they'd want a faster horse, right? We're, we're trying to like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're taking kind of the, the challenges and, and the goals and trying to ladder that up into something that um, explains the vision for all three of the products together, how they, how they could work together. Yeah. Um, which until it actually happens and people start to see it, the majority of people aren't going to be able to articulate that in advance. So for you guys, your, your three products actually tie together really closely, right? Is that what you're saying? Well, uh, yes and no. Right. I mean, so, you know, we, you know, two different tech stacks, two different, you know, development, we're trying to get them into one um, area, different personas use them for the most part, you know, with different people within the bank. So do we really need them to have them all logging into the same thing? Um, it's where they tie together is the connectivity of, you know, that the customer journey or the employee journey, you know, so it's, you know, more think about a bank website where two of our products would actually interface with and be white labeled, right? We can tell that story. Like if you have this product, you know, we can link to this product. And it's, so it's a lot more quote unquote linking for the customer or for the employee mm-hmm. than it is actually the admin console where the, the admins would log in and, and do this stuff. If, yeah. if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> so from your positioning, um, one of the next things that you guys needed to do was market the problem. Uh, what did that look like? Is that, was that, was that problem derived or did that come from your positioning, your work in a positioning? And then you take the problem and you're like, Hey, this is what we need to market to our buyers. How did that work for you? Guys? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, if you, 
you know, and there's tons of there's tons of, of third party data out there from some of the industry leaders. Like, what are the top challenges for bankers? Right. I mean, the top three every time in some order. And I just got the new data from one of our partners now. It's it's how do we improve the digital experience? Um, this is talking about banking, right? So they want to improve the digital experience, but it's it's not just to remain competitive. It's from an efficiency perspective, right? They need to reduce call volumes. They need to improve service levels. Um, number two is grow. How do I get new loans? How do I get new accounts? Um, and then number three is 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 really about the customer, the employee experience. Like every other industry right now, um, they're being hit hard by uh, turnover, right? And then and then you layer COVID on top of that. So you know we know those are the three things. And again, as I was referring to before, if they have these these problems or they're looking to solve these solutions, they don't necessarily connect the dots to okay, we could help you with those three areas, and here's how. And that's really where I think we're, we're trying to focus our efforts on. It's like, we know those are the priorities. Um, let us show you how at the, at the kind of the strategic. And then even to the next level is if, if they have identified, like we're, we're looking to solve this problem, whether it's deployment scheduling or knowledge management, how do we then um, position ourselves as like, well, you, you, we, how do we become present, omnipresent for, for those potential buyers, right? Mm-hmm. And then what are the right resources that they need? coming back to like, we don't just need to eat an ebook and have the BDRs hammer them over the head. How do we actually create like, you know, funnels that we want to drive them down? You know, whether that's, you know, ungated content, whether that's LinkedIn carousel, which we're going to mm-hmm. test now, whether that is, you know, short video testimonials, which we're investing with. I found a great partner. We're going to do six in the, in the first 45 days of the year, just a minute, minute and a half. And really what I'm having those customers focus on is not necessarily how great we are, Mm-hmm. But how these solutions transformed, how unemployment schedules transformed their operations, how knowledge management was, and then oh by the way, use engagement. It, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's it's a nuance of not like how great we are, mm-hmm. but how these solutions helped fix those those core problems, or how a solution like that did. And then oh by the way, this is what you should choose. Mm-hmm. So kind of the nuance there, right? Where we're trying to really just be omnipresent with less of. Download the latest ebook, da, 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 but really start to give stuff away, enter them into funnels. And then that next step or the first piece of the buyer's journey would be an assessment. You know, so having assessments, do you have this problem? Will the solution actually, is this a solution that's worth fixing? And maybe it's not for some, maybe they've maybe they've already tackled it. Great. Yeah. Great. Good for you. You, you know, that's like, that's where you're gonna find a lot more of the high quality leads is by weeding out the people that really aren't a fit for your brand. I know that sounds really like simple, right? But I mean, if someone comes to your website and realizes, oh, we've already solved this problem, that's a good thing. Correct. If someone comes to your website and goes, you know what, I would like to reach out to this, uh, to engage where not hundred percent sure if <clears throat> they solve the problem that we have. And then they go through the entire buying process only to find out two or three stages down the road that, oh, we already did solve this. Then obviously there's an issue, right? And that just ruined the whole process for them and wasted your resources well it's a vanity metric right and you know it's a vanity metric from oh we got a demo request mm-hmm. you know we, we call them click to schedule because we use our own product right they can schedule it it's a vanity metric of like oh we got an, another meeting booked right i mean like that's kind of the ones that those are the two that i look at on a, you know, on a day-to-day you know anytime the one comes in i look and or, or save them up Vanity metric, right? And then it goes into pipeline. Oh, it's it's turned into qualified. Great. Now it's you know now it's pipeline that we recognize, right? But then turns into 
you know, clothes lost or it just sits yeah. in the pipe and it, and it wastes time. It wastes everybody's time. <laughs> yeah. um, so on the surface, yeah, give us more of those, right? It makes me feel good. It makes us mm-hmm. like, hey, look what market is doing. Yeah. But really, you know, how do we start to actually look at like close one, time of pipe, ACV, you know, average deals, uh, you know, the stage. Um, that's really what I think the fundamental change that we're mm-hmm. really trying to, to look at. And I think a big part of that is, you know, a lot of the content that I've consumed from you and from others, you know, the Chris Walkers of the world, and just a lot of the, the, the marketing leaders out there. And, and that's, that's uncomfortable internally, right? Mm-hmm. Those are uncomfortable conversations to have. Like, look, if all you care about is leads, yeah, we'll just keep running webinars, mm-hmm. keep passing over those leads to the BDRs that don't convert into meetings. Or would you rather have less leads, higher quality, higher conversion rates to meetings that to close, you know, to, uh, stage one, stage two to close one. Um, so we have a short runway and hopefully this works. I think if it, if we're not sure it's result in the next couple of months, then, uh, then maybe I'll be uh, reaching out to see if, uh, you know, anybody that's hiring, but so far. So <laughs> I'd love to kind of brainstorm some of the, like, because essentially oh. you're looking to build more brand at the end of the day. Right. Because I think brand is what influences those deals that close at a higher higher rate because they're more bought in. They like what you do. So essentially you're just trying to build more brand, right? Yeah. So I, you know, kind of how we're approaching it is, is, you know, PR is a big, a big part of what, of what we do. So we have a PR agency and we have an awesome woman that's dedicated to working with kind of the brand. We did a brand survey that's actually closing today. So we'll have a baseline, you know, our goal, we want to double brand awareness in 2022. We'll have a baseline through a third party survey that we did. We're doing PR, so we have, you know, K, you know, OKRs or KPRs around what it's for each quarter, right? Press releases, bylines, um, but we need good content to to fill that, right? Um, we need, so we have a person that's focused on, you know, how do we engage with our our customers? How do we get notified for when we can do press releases about customer announcements, whether they go live, whether they're not. We're partnering with two of the thought leaders in the industry to to develop third party generated research. Right. So it's no longer us saying it now. It's BAI. Now it's Cornerstone, which are big players in our space. Right. So that will start to, you know, those those tactics will help with brand. Right. In terms of we'll have something tangible that we can start to hopefully at the end of the day, you know, at, at the end of the year, we've doubled or tripled or quadrupled brand awareness through these surveys. We have some other metrics we're going to look at and then demo requests play into that. Right. Too. I mean, there's not a one to one correlation, but we'll, we'll look at that. Right. Um, because that's ultimately what matters. How do we translate that to revenue? So that's one aspect. And then the other aspect is starting to market, you know, these problems. Like if you have these problems, whether they're the strategic problems that I shared with before, or kind of more of the, my employees can't find what they need, or my, you know, my, I need a better experience for my customers to be able to think about it, you know, for every person that's going to do a rocket mortgage to fill out a, a loan, you know, request digitally, there's still, a large percentage of people that like, no, I want to talk to somebody. I need mm-hmm. help. Right. And how do we, you know, 73% of those happen nights and weekends. How do you actually get that from Tuesday at 10 PM to, you know, and that's really where the appointment scheduling kind of comes into play. So those are the stories that we really need to tell. Mm-hmm. And then we need the, why choose us? Right. Once they've yeah. actually recognized, like, I need to solve this problem. Why would you choose us? Um, and all the supporting content around that. So mm-hmm video testimonials, ROI calculators, success stories, buyer's guide, you know, 
Not necessarily. And then at some level, yeah, some of the features do matter, right? I know we don't want to always talk about features, but like at some point they need, we need to explain why those features or services are really differentiators. Mm -hmm. Have you guys considered doing, um, and maybe you brought up, I just miss it more of a segment of relational content. And what I mean by that is for your ideal buyer, how can they progress in their career or their lives um, as a professional? Like yeah. having thought leaders in your space almost create the content or a subject matter expert yeah. in your company. Have you thought about that? Yeah, so we're actually, so one of the, one of the first, one of the, once we came together um, and got our team together, we, we hired one person and she um, is customer marketing manager, mm -hmm. which is kind of, it's actually not, she's not marketing to our customers. What she's really trying to do is it, what the vision was, is we're creating a community mm -hmm. called Engage with Bankers. Um, so she is tasked with building that calendar up. So we're trying to do eight pieces of content per quarter. And it's a lot, it's all user generated, right? So we're doing show and tell. So we have three show and tells lined up, one for each product for January, February, March, where the customers come on and they actually just kind of, they show are their customers, how are they using this product? What problems are they solving? What are, and then it opens up into a dialogue of, um, hey, what, what are you all doing to solve this problem, right? Because mm -hmm. it's gonna go beyond just how they use our, our product, but how do we connect them to, you know, other people like them. So that's one. Number two is then we have our customer success managers and some of our delivery team coming in with best practices. Um, so there'll be just a steady flow of content coming out around mm -hmm. like aimed at our customers. And a big part of what we need to do is cross-sell, right? So if one of our customers has one of our solutions, we need to show them how they could use that. And the best way to do that is having our customers do that mm -hmm. for us by showing that. So we have our first engage with banker show and tell on January 27th. And I'm really excited for that. We have another one February 9th. We have a third one lined up for early March. And then we, in between that, we have our customer success team leading some of these best practice sessions. You know, one of them is like what metrics, what are the metrics that our customers are, are looking at most and why they matter? Because again, it's the, the number one thing when we talk to our customers is what is everybody else doing? Mm -hmm. What are others doing? What are others doing? So that's kind of, but then that also becomes great content for um, prospects, right? Learn from what your peers are doing versus us beating our chest all day long and say, ah, you know. Yeah. So that's a big part of what we're doing this year. That's awesome. And that's, that's kind of what the reasoning was behind this podcast, to be honest, was to create content from, you know, marketing peers. So marketing leaders, VPs, CMOs, heads of marketing, yeah. uh, even some directors, right? And then their peers listen to it and say, wow, listen to what DJ is doing at Engageware. That's really interesting. Maybe yeah. we can apply this to what we're doing. And it really is just to cultivate just some creativity and just uh, really some ideas or even um, some confirmation. Like, oh, okay, well, you know what? We just started a podcast. So-and-so has been doing their podcast for a while. We're kind of like going so toward the same direction. Okay, this yeah. is confirmation to continue. So yeah, we're thinking the same thing. Yeah, and it's, and it's, you know, you get to market to marketers, which is mm -hmm. cool and which is fun, right? Because yeah. it's, it's your, um, and I'm envious of that. But on the other, on, the, on the, the flip side or the pro for me is that like, I get to steal all the stuff that other smart marketers are doing and, and go yeah. to a market that is um, not as quote unquote saturated with kind of the same uh, cutting edge or forward thinking marketing, right? 
Um, you know, the other thing that, that I really want to do this year is start, you know, a podcast, you know, bankers on banking, you know, just, but not going to the executive level where all these thought leaders are, but really going to the practitioner level, you know, come listen to Jane in the training department or Bob in the training department really kind of highlight, like, what are some of the top challenges now? And, and what are a couple of cool things that you're doing that's unique and different that others could learn from, right? And then we get the goodwill of um, being associated with like brought Dubai engagement, right? Mm-hmm. And then those turn into insights, which we can leverage for all sorts of good top funnel content. What do you think has been your biggest key learning when it comes to what you're going through right now, which is essentially uh, you have some runway to try and build some brand equity. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think your biggest learning has been from that so far, even in this short time? I think that the, the biggest thing I think is, um, is just communication, 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 right? Especially with the internal team, because I, that's one of the things that, um, you know, you, we can talk about this and think about the sales kickoff, right? It's like, we've been talking about these things and, and, even the internal marketing team to some degree, and then our BDR team who we work with really closely. It's like everybody, you know, a lot of people are focused on, on their world, you know, and, and what's right in front of them and, and how it's going to impact them. Um, and I, I think that's been a big thing, even launching the brand, you know, we did all this stuff, we had books, we did web, you know, internal kind of meetings and shared with that stuff. And then you know, I still get the same questions, you, you know, so I think it's really communication. And I think that's one of the big things that is just like, tell them once, tell them twice, tell them again, tell them again, tell them again. And, but, you know, also like the same tactics aren't going to work. It's just dumping something in the Slack isn't going to work. Dumping something in the email. You know, 30% of the people are going to read the email for lucky internally, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's that's kind of where my learning has been. It's just like, and I don't have the solution, right? We're, we're going to start to do 15-minute Friday updates, pull in customer success or delivery people like celebrate the wins, pull in AE, celebrate the wins and record them and share them because we know everyone's not going to come. But like, I think that's been my biggest learning is that like, well, it's just constant, constant, constant. You need to re-educate, constant communicate, reinforce, 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 and then talk to the people to figure out like, well, what doesn't make sense about that? Or, or what would make, what would make it easier for you to truly understand that? Because, you know, that's a, that's a, a Dave Gerhardt, isn't right? Like it's internal marketing is key, you know, getting everybody bought on board. So that's probably been my biggest aha was like, we really need to do a better job internal marketing. If, if your internal team doesn't understand what you do uh, by, by reading, of course, they're going to understand, hopefully understand what you do. Right. But if they can't interpret your marketing and your messaging and say, oh, yeah, I can see the problem right here. Yeah. I can see exactly how we solve it right here. I can see how we're talking about the benefit and the value that we uh, offer instead of the feature, then you're probably in trouble, right? Yeah, and I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there with that. But here's a perfect example. We need more customers. We have over 400 you know, banks, right? Like we have a ton of happy customers, right? And when we'd reach out to our customer success team to say like, hey, we need these stories. Oh, and then you know working with the woman that that runs that you know the customer market and we, we define like hey there's different types we're going to do this we're going to do for like people for this for, you know for the show and tell for these video testimonials for just quotes here's how we're going to use them and we every week she went and reiterated that and now like i'm meeting with her at 10 she's like i have 13 new stories we need to review 
because now after 90 days of constant showing them, here's how we're going to use them. Here's why these matter. Now they get it. Right. But that kind of opened my eyes. Like this might take a whole quarter of constant, like, you know, just to get people to understand like why these matter Mm -hmm. and why they, and why they should act on that. So I think that's, I don't know if I communicated that well, but that's kind of where my, that's that's, that's the one thing I think that's, constantly in my mind is how do we get everybody on internally on board not just on like the brand but on on what we're doing and why it matters the vision of your your goals uh what you're shooting for because a lot of like everyone can have their own idea of what marketing needs to be doing but as a marketing leader your job should be you know what we're going to get everybody on board with this vision and here's what we're going to be going for over the next 18 months right here's our goal and Correct. that's, yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like you're doing. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, you know, I, you know, I saw this from UD, the CMO of Kong, like at the end of the day, the, the, the role of marketing is to make sales easier. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean the, the life of salespeople easier, but to make sales easier, to make revenue generation easier for our company. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we, I think that's going to be a big team that we really had on the sales kickoff is that, right. Our goal is to make sales easier. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean your job, Mr. Salesman, I mean, everybody, whether that's, you know, it's how do we make that easier and what role can each of the different departments help us with that mm-hmm. customer stories, the best practices, what are you hearing in the market feedback, you know, what, what's a hot trend, you know, all of that stuff will help us on the other side, make sales easier. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting is, and I had not realized what really direct to consumer meant, but it meant that there is no there's no sales process or no salesperson, right? Yeah. So your marketing has to be extremely good yeah. to do anything. So we almost have like this lucky opportunity yeah. in B2B where it's just like, oh, well, we'll get them like kind of there. And then sales can get them the rest of the way. But For like sure. really good marketers, essentially what you're saying is like making sales easier so that when they get to sales, like they are ready to buy. And that I think is the definition of a really good brand and the demand that you've created. Would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. You know, and, 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 and some, some things just can't be bought, you, you know, I mean, there are some things that can be that, you know, from a B2B perspective, right. But you're talking about like customization. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, like our appointment scheduler is very robust, right. And there's mm-hmm. the Salesforce edition. There's the, there's the standard edition that you're talking about. Like, so could people buy it? Yeah, we have the, you know, the Calendly version, you know, for small, but they can just buy it. But like when we're talking about like, how are we really going to help you with most mm-hmm. of us? Like there needs to be, you know, in our, in our other products, well, there needs to be a consultative approach. Some guidance yeah. during that. Yeah. And that's part of the value along with the best practices. Of, okay, Mark, you got to spend this money. How are you going to make it work? Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. Like we shouldn't, you know, like that's kind of like, if we're going to be a cop out, it shouldn't be a cop out to be like, well, we have sales. Like you should literally be trying to get your buyer as close to closing the deal as you can from a marketing perspective, from the brand that you've built, the demand that you've created, uh, and really how you're portrayed in their minds as a company. I think those three things can really get them a lot further than what people give marketing credit for. Correct. And that's why I'm really kind of, I'm really high on this, like these these show and tells from our Mm -hmm. customers, right? Because now we can start to tell those those edge cases and get the validity of it, right? Meaning that if a, you know, why appointment scheduling matters or why, you know, truly like 
either runs an employee or, or customer knowledge management really matters from a self-service perspective and from an efficiency perspective. And then showing, okay, you say that and you get this nice content, but like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, listen to what Amy just said, or listen to what Stephanie just said about how that actually transformed it, right? Now it's, now they're ready to, you know, wow, I, tell me more, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of the, how do we make sales easier, right? Yeah. Well, as we wrap up here, um, I know we've kind of been bouncing ideas off each other, kind of like a brainstorming session here, but if there's anything else you want to throw my way um, before we go. Yeah. All right. So know. here's, here's, this is the, so I spent a lot of time, all the, I do this all the time anyway, but I, mm-hmm. I, I dedicated like literally two afternoons in, in early December. I just went on LinkedIn and I looked at ads. I was looking, I clicked into stuff. I, I, I got a ton of remarketing and a ton of follow-up emails from vendors that <laughs> I would never find. But I was looking to see like, what's a good experience, right? What's gated, what's not, what are, what are other brands doing outside of our industry? So my question to you, Sam, is like, <laughs> what, you know, the, the traditional ebook gated, you know, we, we know what the conversion rates are on that and we know the process of that, but like, have you seen anything cool in your travels of like, wow, I put that in my swipe file because that's a really cool, whether it was a video testimonial whether it was a carousel or whether it was just an unbelievable piece of content that you saw um, or just any trends that some of your customers or some of the people you've talked to are doing um i would say one of the the things i stick in my swipe file per se more than others would be just really good content Mm -hmm. that helps me in marketing so as a professional that helps me in my personal life as a leader, which I guess is professional as well. Yeah. Um, so more of the aspirational content and then some of the operational content, like the, uh, you know, how can you build a better website, right? Yeah. In my world, it's it, it would be that. For others, it would be something else. And that's the stuff I remember, the brands yeah. that put it out. I've been yeah. following Refine Labs for a really long time. Yeah. Will we ever be their ideal customer? Probably not. Right. We're not a SaaS company by any means, Um, but they put out really good marketing content. And then you have uh, there's a company called Sweetfish Media and they put out really good how to create a podcast. I'm repping their hat right now. Right. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that resonates with me as a buyer and a consumer. Yeah. I'll remember them for what they're putting out and the deposits that they made into me as a brand. And when the time comes, if it ever comes, you know who I'm going to go for it. And it's playing the long game more than anything, which I'm sure not a lot of people enjoy hearing, but it's the truth. Yeah. So I think that the interesting thing there too is like, it's it's the consistency of quality, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not where we all as marketers fall into the trap. It's like, we got this awesome thing. Great. What what, we're, what I'm seeing and what you're just saying though is that like, all right, how do you do that consistently? Mm-hmm. Another yeah. thing I saw, um, I just remember this. So I wasn't aware of really what Chili Piper did or yeah. uh, what problem they solved. You know, we've been using Calendly for a long time and mm-hmm. they put out, <laughs> it was a brand awareness plate. They had, I'm pretty sure they had no following on LinkedIn, on their company, on their company profile. And they did a really cool poll series. Who doesn't want to interact with a poll? 
Yeah, Everyone wants well. to share their opinion. Sure. Well, they did a poll series on who is the best marketer. It was a bracket. It was like oh, a competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, when I interacted with the poll, I didn't know who Chili Piper was. And now I have yeah. a name recognition with, oh, Chili Piper. That's cool. And yeah, it's yeah. kind of become like a, a household name in B2B now for the most part, which is good for them. Yeah. But I wanted to follow the poll because it was the first bracket of 32 marketers. They did like... Yeah. I'm not going to do math here on the podcast because obviously that's going to expose yeah. me. Not even going to try. They did 32, however many were in each poll, however yeah, many so posts. 16, yeah, eight, four, yeah, two, yeah. One. yeah. Yep. So, and then they uh, they broke it down and then they broke it down again. And then they had a winner. I think Daniel Murray ended up winning. But yeah. I wanted to follow it to the end to keep voting because that's, that's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, and now sure. they're putting out more content, more competition content. And I know it's very... V- above the funnel even stuff yeah but it has given me a name recognition so a logo to the name a problem to the name a solution to the name of what they're doing and it's just simple social media things on linkedin just fun little activities that have introduced me to what they do from simply a poll on linkedin and not saying go put a ton of polls out because people can get annoying with it, but they actually did a really good job. A lot of thought went into it and now they're continuing with these series. I think I won like a little contest. They said, they're going to send me something in the mail. Like that's kind of cool. That's yeah. uh, just giving me some brand affinity toward them. Well, it almost comes back to like, I think of like Gary Vaynerchuk, his first book in like 2008, jab, 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 right hook, right. Where it's like, how do you just have these like good things before you go for like that? All right, Sam. Yeah. Here's why Chili Piper could help your business or your customers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's cool. Yeah. So that's, that's what I have, but uh, this has been awesome. DJ, I appreciate yeah, you coming well, on. This is like a different style than what, you know, people are probably used to on our podcast, but what's fun is like, we just kind of dissected what you guys have going on, kept it real. And yeah. uh, it's not all, it. yeah, it's not all unicorns every single day at SaaS companies. You actually get in the weeds and doing some stuff, which is cool. Yeah, no, that's the piece that I, that I, that I really like is just kind of, I don't think I could ever be the, you know, I don't think I could ever get to a, a point in my career where I'm working in a, a company where I'm no longer doing it, right? Just managing, yeah. you know, yeah. I get the, uh, and that's, that's what's fun about this opportunity. So. That's awesome, man. Cool. Well, yeah, where can people, yeah, oh, good to see you too, man. Where can people find you before we go? Uh, where's a good place to, to connect with you? Yeah, LinkedIn, it's just DJ Haskins. I'm not, I'm more of a, uh, a follower, you know what I mean? Like I'm active on Twitter and on LinkedIn, not from a publishing perspective, but from a consumption perspective. So yeah, I love having these conversations, right? I mean, I have, I have two, I have two, uh, twice a month, I do 30 minute kind of touch bases with other, other marketing leaders. Um, I think that's what I enjoy the most, right? Uh, is just having these conversations with other, with other market, because I always get a spark of an idea or help hopefully uh, give somebody else a spark. So um, yeah, if anybody's interested, reach out on LinkedIn. Love to connect. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again. It's been good having you back for what we're calling the reunion tour. Uh, yeah, likewise. I appreciate it, you. DJ. Thank you. All right. See you soon.